are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right. Welcome to the Locked On Bears podcast, where our listeners get the best daily lockdown coverage of their favorite team, the Chicago Bears. I'm your host, Arthur Arkish, senior editor at Pro Football Weekly and NFC North reporter for USA Today Sports Weekly. If you haven't done so already, and I hope you have by now, please subscribe to the Locked On Bears podcast over at iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating, some comments, likes, shares. All of those forms of interaction help this podcast gain traction. So too do our wonderful partners, including FanRag Sports, today's Fast Break, and today's Pigskin.com, and our newest partner, DraftBreakdown.com. After you have checked out all my work at PFW and in USA Today Sports Weekly, and once again, once you've been to both iTunes and Audio Boom to make sure you are downloaded and subscribing to this show, check out the partner sites. I think you'll be pleased with what is over there. And one more welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast, Thursday, December 22nd. Hope you are doing well. I'm your host, Arthur Arkish. Pleased as always that you are with me today. And Uh, A lot to get to. A fun interview with Corey Wooten I will bring to you in just a moment. Asked him a bunch of holiday-themed questions, Bears off-season shopping list, and uh, fun stuff like that. So we'll get there momentarily. First, an injury update from Hallis Hall. Not a ton to report, but it doesn't sound good for Bryce Callahan, who was downgraded to a non-practice participant on Thursday after being limited Wednesday with a knee injury. Uh, Cornelius Washington and Willie Young back in the fold and and look good for Saturday. Probably more noteworthy names on the Washington side of things, none more so than Jordan Reed, their stud Pro Bowl tight end who's dealing with a separated shoulder and and really hasn't been himself the past two weeks and was ejected Monday night for a cheap shot. And uh, uh, I think more so health-related are the reasons he's unlikely to go and The Bears will catch a big break because they have had no answers for Jordan Reed the past two times they've seen him. The other one is their nickel corner, Quentin Dunbar, has a concussion. Remember, Washington on an especially short week. Playing Monday night, you're always on a short week, but obviously one less day uh, to go from Monday uh, to Saturday, obviously. So uh, Quentin Dunbar also looks like he could miss this one, and maybe that's an opportunity for Cameron Meredith, maybe Daniel Braverman. Uh, We shall see. So... One more bit of news from Hallis Hall where Tracy Porter was named the 2016 PFWA Good Guy Award winner. Other winners in recent years include Matt Slauson and Ryan Mundy. And uh, the thrust of the award is it's given to a player who is helpful to the media through thick and thin, uh, always available for interviews and always giving thoughtful responses rather than the normal stuff just trying to get better every day or one day at a time or all the other crap we hear from these players. Porter typically will give you a little bit more thought-provoking responses, and uh, above all else, he's always available in a 3-11 and season when a lot of guys will hang out in the trainer's room and uh, not make themselves available. Porter has been great in that regard. Porter has been one of Ryan Pace's best acquisitions in two years here, and it's a a well-deserved honor for him. So congratulations to Tracy Porter, the 2016 PFWA Good Guy Award winner. All right, with that, I want to bring you this interview with Corey Wooten. And before I do, just a reminder to make sure you're back on the Friday edition of the Locked On Bears podcast. Taped another really good interview with Ben Standig. He's the Locked On Redskins host and had a lot of great stuff today. 
uh, in our interview that I'm looking forward to bringing you tomorrow. But first things first, Corey Wooten, always wonderful, uh, excuse me, wonderful as always once again this week. And uh, without any more of me blabbing on, let's hear from Corey Wooten. What's going on, Arthur? Corey Wooten, happy holidays. What's happening? Nothing much, man. Just uh, just getting ready, doing the last of the Christmas shopping, getting everything ready to go. Nice. Sounds like you're several steps ahead of me. Um, by nature, are you a procrastinator? Are you a planner, proactive guy, somewhere in between? Uh, usually I get pretty much everything done, and then I wait last to get my wife's because I usually have to go to the mall for that. Everything else I usually do online. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. I certainly prefer the online shopping whenever possible. Do you already have the the gift uh, in mind for the wife, or that's still to be determined? No, no, I have it all, all picked out. I don't want to get into it over the air because I think she she's around the corner, so I don't want her to hear what I got her. <laughs> all right, your, your secret will be safe then. I I get it. Um, all right, man. Let's uh, let's talk a little bears and uh, pleasure to have you on the podcast as always but actually before we do that i'm just kind of curious to get your thoughts one of the big topics uh this week is actually in the college game and leonard fournette and and christian mccaffrey's decision to skip their bowl games to well frankly preserve their bodies before uh before the draft and try and avoid a a jalen smith type situation uh where do you where do you stand on that do you have a strong opinion one way or the other I think it's up to the person because you look at what happened with Jalen Smith last year and mm-hmm. it was a horrific injury, a guy that was supposed to be top five and who knows if he'll ever be able to play again. They said he's progressing well, but he'll probably never get that nerve sensation, that feeling back and who knows, he could never ever play again. And you hate for somebody to have such a great career, you know, in college to be so highly touted and have such a future at the next level. And then they get injured because of one game that really didn't mean much at all, you know, in terms of things. So I get it both ways. I get guys that say, well, you know, you play four or five years there, you invested so much, and you're going to sit it out just because you're worried about getting injured. But I think what happened with Jalen Smith, if that didn't happen, I don't think these guys would be sitting out. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it is a you know it's a complex situation, and I can also see both sides of it. Although I do tend to kind of think that the guys who elect to sit out are are kind of smart, and uh, it is a meaningless football game. But I've been a little surprised by some of the uh, the blowback from NFL coaches and front office guys that I've talked to, and it, it sounds like it does raise an additional red flag throughout the evaluation process. So uh, I was just kind of curious to see where you stand on that. And then I guess before we do talk a little Bears, I should uh, I should mention the other bowl. There won't be any uh, participation from the Bears, but uh, just any general thoughts on the Pro Bowl uh, voting, and, and is there any guys you thought maybe could get in from the Bears that didn't? I really didn't think anyone really stood out to me to, to make the Pro Bowl. The only one, Freeman, um, the way he started out the year, I thought for sure he he would be in there for a Pro Bowl nod. Uh, that's, that's the only one really I thought had a had a legitimate shot at making the Pro Bowl just because of how he's flying all over the field. But you know it it, it is what it is, and they had a tough year. When he only went three games. Not many people get into the Pro Bowl. You see all the guys that have four, five, six guys in the Pro Bowl, they're winning nine, ten, eleven games. So yeah. that that sums it up, and that's that's the reason why. Yeah, no doubt. I think, uh, like you said, they like to have uh, representation from winning teams, and you don't see a lot of rookies either. I thought Jordan Howard has made a—he's built a pretty strong case. 
you put his numbers side by side with Devonte Friedman, and, and they compare pretty favorably. But uh, again, not a lot of rookies. The two guys in Dallas, and then Tyreek Hill from the Chiefs, I think, are the only three rookies in the game, at least that were voted in initially. So, uh, you know, I, I did a podcast yesterday saying there's probably some more guys who should be in in the future, and the Bears do have some bright young talent, but we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, so uh, Corey, I thought we'd look a little bit uh, today at or kind of just keep a, a holiday theme if possible and uh um i'm wondering what should be at the top do you think of the bears wish list once they get into the off season uh what do they need to cross off that list to try and put this ugly season in the rearview mirror as quickly as possible i think they need the quarterback of the future obviously uh, jay cutler injured reserve he's not playing anymore think his tenure is up in Chicago, so I think they need to get their quarterback, whether it's free agency or the draft. They have to get their QB of the future because Matt Barkley, I think he's done well, but just turning the ball over, things like that. So I think QB is a huge position they need to address. I think the secondary is a, is a big position. And then the last, I think, is, is another receiver. I think they need to shore that up. I'm sure they'll bring Alshon back, but I think they need another strong, solid receiver in there to compliment him. All right, so let's go back to the top of your list there. And uh, you mentioned quarterback, and it's fairly obvious. That's what I'd expect you to say. That's what I'd expect anyone to say when posed this question. But um, what do you think now? We've seen a quarter of a season from Matt Barkley. And uh, as you said, there have been some uh, highs and lows. Has he earned the right to at least compete for a starting job next year? Can he be maybe that bridge guy? We see that term thrown around all the time, uh, the guy that builds a bridge to a younger franchise option. I could definitely see that. I think at times you see why he was so highly touted that junior year. Sometimes he makes great reads, great throws. He definitely has those leadership qualities you could just tell. I haven't heard anything from anyone in the locker room or anything, but I can just tell on, on, on the field and on the game tape, seems like he's a leader getting all the guys ready, and that's what you want in a quarterback. So obviously, yes, he's made some dumb decisions at times. I mean, you know, QBs do that. Any, any football player does that at times. But I've seen some things that I'm like, man, I, I really see why he was so highly touted. So I guess we'll just have to see. I, I really think he'll be a guy like Matt Schaub, you know, one of those guys that's kind of – you know, a quality backup that, you know, if he gets a shot to be a starter one day, he'll go in there and perform pretty well. He won't woo and wow you. But I think at times, you know, you look at him and be like, man, he's making some quality throws, solid reads. But I don't think it's going to be that type where you say, hell, he's my franchise guy or anything like that. Right. So I think he could be a quality backup. And I think if you have a younger guy, you go in and draft someone. I think he could be a guy that can compete and kind of be like a Josh McCown type. You know, Corey, Matt Schaub is kind of an interesting comparison. I think if uh, that turned out to be Barkley's ceiling, the Bears would probably be thrilled. It's easy to forget, and I don't think he's ever been special, but Schaub, I'm pretty sure, holds the Texans franchise passing records, most of them. He did have a couple big seasons as a starter, so um, that that's an interesting comparison. I haven't given that a lot of thought. Just lastly on Barkley, what do you think of the arm strength? Now we've seen him uh, in windy conditions. We've seen him in snow. Uh, we've seen him against a variety of different defenses. I know he's not going to ever have a Jay Cutler cannon or a Joe Flacco deep, uh, you know, deep shot arm. But do you think uh, it's adequate and it's good enough to win with? Of course. I mean, you see at times where he's able to make that deep throw. Um, like you said, he doesn't have that cannon of an arm that Mike Vick, that Jay Cutler, that Joe Flacco. But 
he can get it done. You know, I think he's a football player. You know, his his measurables aren't up there. You know, with some of the greats or anything like that. Arm strength, this, that, the other, speed, stuff like that. But I think he's a football player. He competes, and that's what I like. What I see in him. You know, he's leading in in, in huddle on the sideline. You see him talking guys up, and no matter what happens, if he's throwing interceptions and stuff, he comes back, and he and he's ready to go. Yeah, I'm with you, Corey. I think he has shown kind of an intangible quality to to rally his teammates. Uh, granted, he's dug some of those holes. Obviously, uh, turnovers on four straight possessions isn't a good way to win, especially against Aaron Rodgers. But we've seen him now consistently uh, bring his team back and give them a chance. And that speaks to the leadership qualities you mentioned. Um, you, you went with wide receivers, your other offensive need. I could see it. Um I think there are greater ones, personally, in my opinion. Let me ask you. You're my line play expert. Uh, Charles Leno has uh, shown up on not in the kind of light you want to see on tape a couple weeks in a row now, beat badly by Julius Peppers for that strip sack, the first uh, takeaway or the first turnover by Barkley that kind of started a domino effect, I thought. And um, it seems to me anyway that Leno has kind of become the greater liability than Bobby Massey over the past handful of weeks. What do you think about the tackle situation for the Bears, given how how you know great they can be in the interior if those guys are healthy, uh, good enough to win with or just good enough to get you beat? I think they're good enough to win with. I don't think they're that bad at all. Mm-hmm. I think at times they didn't get beat. But I think you have to you have to adapt and adjust. You know, you have to have the chip help. And a lot of times they give Charles Leno the best pass rusher on the field and they give him no chip help. He's mm-hmm. not a Pro Bowl, you know, Jonathan Ogden um, type of guy. So I think you got to give him that help. At times he holds up good against some quality pass rushers. But the thing is, an old lineman, which sucks, is you can play a great game, but two to three plays and you can beat for sacks and you look like a bum. That's, right. that's just how it is. Right, you know you, everything, all the attention is on you. But I think I honestly wouldn't waste it on on a left tackle because I don't think there there are any guys that can come in and and do better than he can right now at, coming out of the draft that I've seen. Um, and then going out in free agency, I haven't I haven't seen any anybody that unless they're going to get Joe Thomas, right. I, I haven't seen anyone that that would be worth that to me. Okay, interesting. I haven't gotten into my uh, big-time draft and free agent study yet, but I know, I hope anyway, you'll be willing to continue coming on the program once the season wraps up, and maybe we can get into some of the scouting-type stuff and uh, try and highlight highlight some players at various positions. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, last one that, that you didn't mention, and I have to just at least ask about, uh, and maybe it kind of goes hand-in-hand with receiver, but uh, what do you think about tight end? Logan Paulson is another guy who has frankly killed the Bears in uh, big spots in recent <laughs> weeks, and uh, I don't know that he's caught a pass all season. I know Zach Miller, when he's healthy, is pretty solid. Um, but but what about tight end? Does that feel like maybe a missing piece of this equation, or, or not so much in your eyes? I think so. I, I think you gotta you gotta reevaluate um, you know Zach's health after this season to see if he's is this something he's going to be able to come back quickly? Is it going to affect him? I thought he was one of their best receivers at some point in the season, especially when Alshon was down and all this. It was this tough break because he had one of the best seasons in his career. Like, he was really coming into his own. He was catching balls. He was a red zone threat. So it kind of sucked for him just the timing of that injury. Yeah. Um, so I think you ha- you have, you know, a guy in him. And the, the guy the guy number 85. Um, Daniel, Daniel Brown. Uh, Daniel Brown. Brown. He's, yep. he's, show, he's, shown, he's shown some promise in there. 
Yeah. And I, I really like what I see from him catching the ball. He has some toughness. He's taking some hits. So I really like what I see from him there. You know, Paulson, he's, he's, a, he's a solid blocker, but I, he holds a lot. Playing against him, he always would get his hands out, holds you. And sometimes he gets his hands outside and guys try to, you know, shed him. And that's when he gets called for the holding. So you see that a lot. He gets called for that. Um, his strong hands, but he gets outside the pocket. So I would like to see them bring in a, another blocking tight end and then possibly another receiving threat, someone that's kind of a tweener in between, kind of like a Jordan Reed, the guy from college that maybe is not on a lot of people's radar that was a receiver, a bigger yeah. receiver, yeah. And, and have him be a tight end and be that deep threat because that's what you see you know, is the new trend. The guys are trying to get that Antonio Gates, that Tony Gonzalez, and that's what they need to do. Yeah, it'll be interesting if Bears fans get a chance to see uh, Jordan Reed up close and personal again Sunday. He has absolutely torn apart the Bears in his only two uh, meetings. I think you may have been part of the second. No, nah, maybe. Yeah, I think it was in 2013, 2013. in D.C., right? Yep. yep, he had a huge game. Yep. And uh, did it yeah. again last year at Soldier Field, but he's not his himself right now with that shoulder injury. I don't even know if he's going to go Sunday. Um, Corey, let's turn the tables real quick, and I'll just give you a little heads up to prepare. I'm going to make you multitask, but I am going to ask you uh, for a New Year's <laughs> a New Year's resolution for the Bears, and I'm also going to ask you uh, what the best gift they had this season was, and what maybe the biggest uh, lump of coal in their stocking was. So put that in the back of your head, and let's just quickly talk about okay. that. Let's put let's just talk about the defensive backs because I mean we. We couldn't be more in agreement on that. I uh, was doing a little bit of number crunching, and the Bears have, and it, this wasn't exactly a deep dive, but uh, the Bears have 10 takeaways on the season. That is tied with the Jaguars for the worst mark in the NFL. It's seven takeaways shy of their franchise record set last season. So that is. Um, that that's a huge, huge problem, obviously. I went back just for fun uh, to your 2012 campaign with the Bears when you guys led the NFL in takeaways with 44. You guys had 11 takeaways in a three-game stretch that season. So just to kind of put in context the way that this Bears unit yeah. <laughs> is, is struggling to uh, to change games, I, I thought that that was pretty amazing. And, uh, Corey, it looks like you got in on the action a little bit too. A couple forced fumbles that season and uh, uh, definitely played a big role in that. I know you had your career-high seven sacks that year as well. But um, uh, getting back and, and kind of turning it back to the Bears' DBs, do you see anyone? I mean, Cravon LeBlanc, uh, Vic Fangio fell on his sword this week, and I thought that that was the right thing to do. What did you think of that Rodgers to Nelson shot play? Uh, Fangio admitted that he didn't have safety help for LeBlanc, and it was his bad. Um, but up until that point, had you seen more positives than negatives from LeBlanc? I'll throw Bryce Callahan into the conversation, DeAndre Hall. I think we agree they need more guys, probably even particularly at the safety spot, but are there any jars on the shelf you're excited about, or is there a need for uh, multiple players in that secondary? I just think with the way as the defense is done in general, you need to bring new guys in there. That's yeah. just If you're not performing well, regardless of a young guy showing promise and this, but is he playing up to a level that you want him to? You know, yeah. bright spots are great, but Jordan Howard, he's played up to a level up there with pretty much any running back except Ezekiel Elliott this year, in my opinion. But yeah. defensively, I think I think you got to bring in new guys at safety. You got to bring new guys at corner because these guys are showing promise. But you bring in you bring in some studs defensively, safety and corner position. It's just going to up the level of competition because these guys that are coming in, you know, obviously they're they're going to get the nod to start right away. You know, depending on it, but. 
it's gonna it's gonna elevate the young guys' game and it's gonna make them compete because these guys are young. You know, you, you always want to see that competition in there because it's only gonna elevate their game. Right. And then they're gonna be competing for another position. You can't bring two new safeties in that are huge free act, uh, free agent acquisitions and two big corners. You don't have enough money for that. So it's probably gonna be one and one of each, some free agents here and there. But so I think you need to do that. And you know, LeBlanc has shown promise. A lot of these guys are showing promise, but, you know, you can't leave Jordy Nelson one-on-one coverage with no help. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, you, I knew when it came down to that situation, when Green Bay got the ball, I said, they're going to lose. Watch, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw a deep ball, and they're going to get beat like that. And that's exactly what happened. You can't do that. you you, you got to pressure him a little bit more, which I think, because at times, you know, there wasn't enough pressure, things of that nature but you can't leave the single coverage, you know, on a young guy against Jordy Nelson. He's just too good. Yeah, you're, you're right. And, and Vic Fangio is too good of a play caller to make that mistake. And when you pair in all the tackling woes and uh, John Fox's decision, and I am going to get your take on that. You just reminded me I couldn't end this podcast without it. Uh, I don't think it, you know, it was kind of an uneven deal because, again, when you're minus four turnover takeaway, you have no business being in that game. And it's a credit to Matt Barkley and it's a credit to the coaches for keeping them playing hard. Um, but at the same time, as a former player, what are you thinking when John Fox decides to kick the field goal with a minute 19 left at fourth and goal from the three-yard line, knowing that exactly. one of the more, more clutch oh, quarterbacks oh, in NFL man, history was, is looming? Yep, yep. Oh, man. Dude, I was watching the game, and, and I'm sitting there, and I'm talking to everybody. I'm like, go for it. You have a chance to take Green Bay out of the playoffs. Come yep. on. Yep. You, have to, you have to go for it. Why not? What do you have to lose? Nothing. Yeah. You've won three games this season. You're not going to the playoffs. You're not making a playoff run. If you go for two and you beat Green Bay like that, come on. You have nothing to lose at all. Right? I, I think if he would have won that game, that definitely saves his job regardless of, of what they're going to do. You know? So I think yeah. you gotta you got to go for it. You really have nothing to lose. And that's what Jack Del Rio did earlier in the year when he pretty much had everything to lose with the, in the New Orleans game. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just you got to go for it. you got to show some calmness, you know? Yeah. And Jack Del Rio, former John Fox assistant, uh, is up there at the top of the list for potential coach of the year candidates. And uh, that is a big part of the reason why he was pushing all the right buttons early in the season and his positioned Oakland, obviously, to get back to the playoffs for the first time in 14 years. So, uh, yeah. And, and I wonder, do you think players would have more respect for Fox even if they lose that game just because? I mean, is it one of those things where the coach is expressing confidence in his players it's hard. I mean, Julius Peppers was asked about it, and he said that Fox, of course, who's his former coach, made absolutely the right decision because the players expended so much energy and fought so hard to get them there that you kind of extend the game. Can you see it both ways, or or, or do you just think you really, what do you have to lose, like you said? Yeah, I see it both ways, but my initial gut reaction was, yeah, go for it. Yeah. You send a message to the fans that are pissed off about the year, because you know Bears fans die hard their whole year is messed up if you if you play bad if you don't have a winning season if you don't make the playoffs that's really how it is so yeah. i feel like you, you got something to invigorate the fans a little bit man we we possibly could have took green bay out of the playoffs because right. you know if aaron Rodgers has the ball he's going to drive down the field and lead them to a winning winning drive and that's exactly what he did yeah. so in my opinion you know i don't know if you agree with that or not but i, I feel like they had nothing to lose what, what do you feel about that 
Yeah, I'm totally with you. I was pretty out, outspoken about that definitely during the game and afterwards. And, um, uh, yeah, again, I thought it was an uneven performance from the Bears coaching staff. So, uh, you know, onward and upward. But uh, it, it wasn't surprising to me. I mean, John Fox is conservative as they, as they come. So it definitely didn't surprise me. But I did think it was a little disappointing. Uh, Corey, just on the way out, and I know I've taken a little too much of your time already, but let's just finish up my cheesy holiday theme here. Um, what do you think? What was the best gift that the Bears received this year? And what was uh, what was the equated to coal in the stocking where maybe they had higher expectations? I would say Jordan Howard is the best gift, and yep. Yep. he keeps on giving. And <laughs> they need to keep on giving him the rock until last game. That's right. I'm baffled. He's getting 5.3 yards of carry. Yep. And and they want they want Matt Barkley to throw the ball 40 times a game in a cold weather situation where it's hard to grip the ball, things of that nature. He could he could have went for 150 yards easy if they would have gave him the rock. They should have gave him the rock until he couldn't breathe anymore. Literally, <laughs> like not not literally, but they should they should have they should have kept giving him the rock. But yeah. I think he's he's been the the brightest spot, and I think he would be in Pro Bowl consideration if they would have been giving him the rock from the beginning. Yeah, and, huh, I would say the the coal of the Christmas. I, I would probably say the play calling of the outlaws. That really bothered me because you know you've got a workhorse in there like Jordan Howard, and you just don't give him the rock. I, I just every game I look at the stats, and I'm thinking, you know, I could see if he was averaging like a yard a carry, two yards a carry, but he's four, five, six. Some games he was seven yards a carry, and I'm like. Is no one saying anything to you? Like that's that's what I just don't understand. That the staff around him is not saying, "Hey, give him the rock a little bit more." He's got five. He's got five uh, yards of carry. He's got you know. They don't keep him involved in that. So that's that's the biggest thing. I think I think after this year he's got to go. I, I just don't think he's cutting it. I don't think his his play calling, his mixing and matching, you know, with with the with what they have now. I don't I don't think it works. All right, we will see. Uh, John Fox has not fired a lot of coordinators in his coaching career. I think just one, actually, uh, in Carolina, Dan Henning. I, I think that that's it. So uh, he does tend to give guys chances and entrust them, but we'll see. I, I think there's a strong argument to be made with what you just said as well. Uh, Corey, on the way out, and uh, first I'll just quickly ask, are you into New Year's resolutions? And then the second part of that, what's a reasonable one for this Bears squad if we are to assume that John John Fox, Ryan Pace, that everyone's back in tow for a third season? I really don't believe in New Year's resolutions because everyone says, oh, you know, I want to eat better, I want to exercise more, and they do it for about a month a month and a half, two months, and then they go back to normal. So I feel like it, it usually never translates to a different type of lifestyle. It's usually just, you know, a quick little fix. And like, oh, I did my New Year's resolution temporarily. Right. Right. So, But um, I think I think for the Bears, you know, I think their resolution needs to be sticking to that run game and really mixing and matching a little bit better, you know, just, just relying on that run game for next year because – I think at the end of the day, whoever you have as your quarterback, whether it's, you know, a big free agent, a rookie guy, uh, whoever it may be, you look at every team that's been successful this year, and especially the Cowboys, mm-hmm. young quarterback, a beast of a running back. And basically they put Zeke, they put the team on his back, and look look what they've done. You know, they've only lost two games this season. 
and that's the recipe for success. Anyone can tell you anything else, this and that, but having a strong run game, regardless, you know, if your defense is doing good, it's great. It'll it'll elevate your whole team. But if you have a strong run game, it'll help prolong those drives and keep your defense off the field, and it'll take pressure off your quarterback. So if they can do that, I believe next year, whoever's the quarterback, they can be successful because they got a beast in Jordan Howard and, you know, the fact that he's so young and I, I think he's going to be the guy guy of their future and I think he's going to be a Matt Forte-like guy. Yeah, that's a best-case scenario and it is already shaping up that way. The early return's very promising. That's uh, good stuff from Corey Wooten. I will let you go on that note and uh, get out there and, and finish up the holiday uh, to-do list and uh, I hope you have a wonderful holiday and, and very happy and healthy one with your family and uh, thanks for everything you do, Corey. We're appreciative of having you on this podcast every week. All right, thanks a lot, man. You too. Uh, have a great one, and uh, you know, I'll be in touch next week. Sounds wonderful. That is Corey Wooten, as he always uh, does, dropping truth, dropping knowledge on the lock.